document, uh, the president of the IMB, David Platt, wanted everyone, to, all hands on deck, to be there to, to uh, hear the leading, hear the direction of this document that was called, that's called Foundations. It is the document that uh, establishes who we are as, as an international mission board, what we believe, this is what we stand for, this is what we do. He, he's getting everybody on the same page. When he introduced, when he first came up and started talking about this document, he said, listen, I need you to understand, because he's talking to a room full of missionaries that are spread out all over the globe. He goes, I need you to understand something. You're going to read this document and go, well, of course we believe that. <laughs> right, yeah, that's, of, of course we believe that. He goes, you need to understand that your country from where you were sent, it is not that simple any longer. The culture, the society in the United States of America is going through a shift, and it's even making its way into the churches. It, it's not that simple where you would just say, well, of course we believe that. And this document will establish clearly and without a doubt who we are, where we stand, what we do as a mission organization. So that was powerful to hear him work through that. Most of the week was, uh, I was very surprised because I thought we were going to get there and have the document in front of us and, okay, turn to page 18 and then talk about page. It was none of that. The, most of the time was spent in teaching and in prayer. And that was good for my soul. Today is going to be a day more testimony than sermon. Today is going to be a day where I share with you what God did in my heart. See, I go on trips like this, and then those of you who travel, I would encourage you to do the same. When I leave on an airplane, I always make it a point to say, okay, God, I know why I'm going, but I don't know what you and I are going to talk about. What divine intersections do you have for me on this trip? And so I, I started that this past trip the way I do the other trips, looking for those God moments, those God appointments, those intersections with God that, that I'm not anticipating, that I'm not expecting. I would encourage you, those who travel, look for those moments. When I sat down at the table, by the way, this giant ballroom was filled with round tables, and we were, all, we were all assigned our table. I sat down, <clears throat> and the other people who I would get to know better and better throughout the week were sitting there, and all of a sudden, a lady sitting on the other side of the table, she pushes her phone across the table to me. Now, we all had name tags on. Mine said, Joel B., trustee. Next person had their first name, last initial, and the affinity group, uh, Sub-Sahara Africa, uh, East Asia, wherever, Europe, the Americas, and it would name where they were serving. So this lady pushes her phone across the table to me. I look at it, and she had written out a text message and said, Joel, would your last name happen to be Bundick? I said, yes. <laughs> Who are you? She said, I'm Carla Moore. <laughs> I caught it. 
We went to college together 30-something years ago, and all of a sudden, we're sitting at the same table. Her husband is the team leader. They, for some reason, they split the husbands and wives up all around the room to different tables. But we went to college together. Catherine and, and her were really good friends, so it was a nice reunion. It was good to meet those uh, uh, missionaries that we served with in, in China when we went to the Olympics in 2008 in Beijing. It was, it was nice to, to catch up with them. I, at my table, just to give you an idea of where people were from all around the world, um, I had a young man from Be- Beirut, Lebanon, sitting at our table. Uh, another, another guy from Bamako, Mali. Had another gentleman that was from East Africa. That's as specific as he would get. He would not tell us where he lived. He's in one of those uh, very dangerous places. So East Africa was, as, ever, was as, as specific as he would ever get. Istanbul, Turkey is where Carla and her husband served. Uh, another lady from Birmingham, England. So I said, so how cool is the, is the palace? Is it really cool? She's like, what? The palace. She goes, are you talking about Buckingham Palace? Of course I am. It's <laughs> just kidding about Birmingham. <laughs> anyway, they quickly figured out that I wasn't the sharpest. <laughs> One of the evenings after dinner, I sat in, in our affinity group meeting, Sub-Sahara Africa. And... <clears throat> I listened to some stories, one in particular that sticks out is a gentleman that says I, every, every, it's at least two or three times a week he has to go out into this little town that, that they're living in and serving in and has to find the guy that sells the water. He's not ever in the same place. We've got to go find him. But his tribe, uh, is their land is where the water is, and so they bottle up the water in these big jugs and then they push their carts through town, and people have to go find them to, to purchase drinking water. And you bid. He said, you bid. He said, it cost me about 30 bucks to buy one of those jugs. Folks, we don't know what that is. You and I go into our house, and we do this right here. Two or three times a week, this guy has to go out and find the guy and hope that he beats all the other people that want drinking water for his family, for his children. You know, that's, not, that's pressure that you and I aren't used to. We're not used to that. I talked and listened to stories of others who are dealing with refugees that are fleeing some of the Middle Eastern countries. They don't want to be refugees, but they're forced to be refugees, and their goal is to make it to the West, either Northern Europe, Canada, or the United States of America. And so we have missionaries that are strategically working with these people that are <coughs> traveling. To hear their stories was quite moving. We talked on the phone with a couple that was recently in a car accident in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The other couple were both missionaries as well, were killed in the accident. The couple that we were talking to on the phone, the husband was not sure if he was gonna be able to use his right arm again. They were in the hospital in South Africa and could not wait to get back to their people in the DRC. 
these people I can easily call my heroes. They're, they're, they're willing. I mean, and to, today's the day we're calling Memorial Day. I'm, I sat in a room with hundreds and hundreds of people that are willing. And I, I listen to the pressures of life that they're facing and just inspired. So, the very first day that David Platt was teaching, and you'll be impressed by this, I was very impressed by it, in five days, five mornings, he taught through the entire Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> but he pointed out in those five days throughout, through the, uh, Moses' books, the law, that the missionary task goes all the way back to the beginning. That God had a plan to get his, get, get his great love to the nations. I was, I was very impressed with where he went. <clears throat> but one of, the, one of the passages that he mentioned in the, very, in the very first day was Psalm 63. And so I turned to Psalm 63 and I read through it. He was still up there teaching, but it was that divine intersection that God had for me. It was that moment that God said, this is for you. Pay attention to me right now. I know that David's up there talking, but pay attention to me right now. I've got stuff, Joel, that I need you to grab a hold of. Joel, I've got stuff that I need to remind you of. Pastor Joel, I have stuff that you need to be reminded of, and there needs to be revival in your heart, Joel. Pay attention. And so today I just want to share with you what God and I talked about out of Psalm 63. Again, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn there, we will read that together. I don't hear any pages turning, so you've either turned or you have an iPad or your phone. Each morning I woke up roughly at about 3.30 in the morning. And what am I going to do now? And God said, get your iPad out and turn to Psalm 63. Will you stand with me as I read this passage? Can I give you context real quick? David, the writer of this psalm, is running from his son. His son Absalom has initiated a revolt. He's going to take the throne. His son wanted to kill him. I don't think there's any of us in this room that know what that is. David's out in the middle of caves. He's out in the wilderness. He's running for his life. I don't think there's any of us in this room that know what that is. David's not in a good place. David's in a place where it'd be easy for him to, to want revenge. It's a, it's, a, it's a time where I can only imagine that oh, he wants some of me. Okay. All right. It's a time when I can't imagine the pressure that David was feeling in his life. But I need you to hear the heart of this man in the, the time of pressure that he was under. Psalm 63. Oh God, 
You are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. And my flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied you with My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be apportioned for jackals. But the king, but as for me, but the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by his name, all who swear by him shall exalt. For the mouths of liars will be stopped. Father, we pray that you would bless our time together, that your word would speak to the deepest places of our heart as it has in my heart. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Pressure. You ever experience pressure in your life? Pressure starts at an early age in these United States of America. Pressure to look good. Pressure to make good grades. Pressure to do good in athletics. Pressure to find the right college, to do good in college. Pressure to find the right career. Pressure to find the right spouse. Pressure to be a good spouse. Pressure to be a good parent. Pressure to have kids. Pressure at work. Pressure to do a good job. Pressure to find a job. Pressure, uh, I mean, I could go on and on. You know what it is to have pressure today? I have shared openly up here about some of the things that the year 2018 has brought across my path so far. And I found myself in a hotel room and in a grand ballroom in a hotel. I don't, oh, it's the Ambassador Hotel. I don't even know where in Bangkok we were. But I found myself interacting with God, dealing with pressure. I, I can't say that I connected Psalm 63 to things that have been brewing in my heart lately. I didn't think my heart was in a bad place. In fact, I, think, I still think my heart is in a good place. But pressure is different. Pressure is, can push us this way, and it can push us this way. 
I, I don't know what things are going on in your life. I don't know what pressures you have in your life. We're all in different stages. Some of us are in similar stages. But there are pressures that push us, and if we're not careful, we can get knocked off center. And we don't even know it. Here's a guy that's writing a psalm under extreme pressure. And my heart didn't sound like that. The thing that helps me and I believe will help us in times of pressure is having our priorities in line. When we have our priorities straight, it'll help us navigate the waters of life. And I believe in this psalm, we see a man that has his priorities in line. And whether you know it or not, you have priorities. You have things that are most important in your life. Could you identify them? Now, I know we all know the church answer. We all know the right answer. But is that the reality answer? When pressure falls upon you, when, when that day comes... When this is tugging you this way, this is tugging you that way, and this is, this is pushing you this way, what do your priorities speak the loudest? What do they say to you? In Psalm 63, we can see what David's top priority was. Look with me in verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. That phrase arrested me for the first few days in Bangkok, Thailand. Earnestly, I seek you. If you're like me, I believe most of us could say, Joel, in normal circumstances, that, that reflects me. I, I, I pursue God. I... I I have my quiet times. I, I pray. I'm with the Lord. I, I, I prepare for this Bible study. I prepare for this message. I prepare for life group. I, I'm with God, man. I, I, I'm, I'm okay. But is that true of me and is it true of you under pressure that I can use this descriptive word earnestly? Earnestly I seek you. I want, I wanted that to be true. But I was in the midst of a divine intersection with God, and he was laying upon my heart, Joel, that is not true of you. Yes, you are preparing. Yes, you are in the word. But Joel, are you pursuing me? Or are you preparing a sermon? Are you preparing a Bible study? Are you preparing for life group? That's a different question. The question is, are you pursuing me? Me. God Almighty. You want to know a lesson that God taught me this week? And maybe it's here for you as well. This isn't in my notes. Don't take my present for granted, Joel. Moses walked in front of a bush. That would not stop burning. God said, take your shoes off, boy. For you are on holy ground. 
Do you ever get distracted in your prayer time? I, I don't know whether I should be confessing this or not, but I am. I, I just need you to know that I'm a man just like you're a man. If you think the road is easier for me because I'm a pastor, Joel, Joel, don't take my presence for granted. Joel, when you're at the end of a service and you're praying over the church and you're praying a response time, don't and stop thinking about the announcements that are after that. Don't you take my presence for granted. God Almighty, God of the universe is in this room. He is with us now. And church, listen, I, I'm, I'm just telling you my heart, man. We sang these songs a while ago. And I just wondered if we took for granted the presence of Almighty God being in the room. Then sings my soul, my Savior, how great thou art. Were we just singing words because, oh, man, that's a hymn I used to remember, man. I love those old hymns. We're even thinking about how much we used to love those old hymns. Instead of remembering that God Almighty is here and how great he is. Joel, don't you take my presence for granted. And church, I believe that is a word not only for me, but that is a word for every one of us in this room. When you're praying, when you're in the word, don't take for granted the presence of God Almighty with you. He said, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. So my mind immediately went to, how do I do that word, earnestly? Joel, you're the pastor. You're supposed to know the answer to that one. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to God. God, I want to know how to do that in times of pressure. Because I don't know about you, when I'm under pressure, my focus can go to the pressure point. My focus can go to those places that are pushing and nudging on me. My attention can go there. But then I read about this guy and what the words that he penned in a time of being pursued from his son to take his life. He says, earnestly, I seek you. He says, my soul thirst for you. Are you thirsty today? I'm thirsty, man. My flesh yearns for God. Okay, pause that just a second. Whoever did that, pause that. Huh. Do y'all know that song? I have a playlist on my Spotify account. The playlist is heart music. <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Guys, y'all can get over it. Ladies, y'all can listen. 
when I go on long trips, I have this playlist that I've put together of songs that help get my heart ready to see my bride when I get home. So, I don't even, who, where are you who has the iPad or whatever, who's punching play? That was one of the songs on my playlist. Go ahead and play it. They got to hear the first line anyway. Do y'all know this song? Intro is going to take forever. Come on, girl. Okay, that's good. This is cheesy enough. All right. <laughs> I've got a whole list of songs. I'm telling you, on my ride back from Tokyo to Denver, I'm jamming to. I'm getting ready to see my girlfriend at my. Hey, listen. My soul thirst to be with my bride. I'll just, I'll just stop right there. You see where I'm going. I have another playlist on, my, on the same account. It's right under heart music, and then right under it is soul music. And it is music that takes, you have your own songs. I'm telling you, you have your own songs that take you straight to the throne room. But I have, I have music, and I'm a, some of you guys know I'm a music person. But one of the things that I learned while I was in Thailand about how is, is this issue of, of thirsting and hungering for God. See, Bangkok was a reminder for me to desire God, desire him. In the same way I can listen to Always by Atlantic Star and prepare my heart for the reunion. I have other songs that do the same thing with me, with my Lord. I, in fact, I have one. I, this is, the title of the song is More. I, in fact, I think David is saying that. He says in verse 1, you are my God. I already got you. God, I already have you. I'm yours. I just want more. My flesh yearns for you. My soul thirst for you. Hey, just sit and enjoy. Is this you?
See, I, ha I have a whole playlist of songs that take my heart and it puts it in a posture of saying, God, I'm craving you. Yeah, see, under pressure, I want to be this guy. And Bangkok for me, sure, I was there to listen to the foundations talks. But Bangkok for me was to revive my heart for a desire of the living God. Not just studying his book. Not just thriving and feeding on the word, but a nearness, a desire to be near him. That was Bangkok for me. He said, I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. Church, that is my prayer, and that is something I would ask you to pray for me. Because I'm going to be praying for you. That when you are under pressure in your life, when you find yourself in a place where I didn't see this coming, that 63-1 would describe each one of us. I'm either going to have to cut this testimony in half I'll stop right there. There is an entire rest of the chapter, but I made it through verse 1 today. And I hope that that describes my heart and your heart. It's easy when, when times are good and times are easy, but when we're under pressure, it's not the time to get revenge, and it's not the time to take your focus off of him. When we're under pressure, it is the time to lean on him more than ever. Verse 5 was put in there for me, by the way. <laughs> My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. I don't know if that means that I've been satisfied with God lately or bad eating habits. Let's pray. Father, today we... We lay our lives before you. And there are some of us in this room are, that are under different weights of pressure. There are some in this room that are in a season of life that is sweet and nice. There are others in this room that are feeling the weight of immense pressure. And Lord, they may say that this, there's nothing nice about what they're facing. Lord, I pray that today is a day that each one of us in this room would be revived to remember your presence and not take it lightly. That we would be revived by your presence. That our soul would be satisfied as with fat and rich food. Lord, would you create in the heart of each person in this room a hunger for a nearness of you. 
Lord, will you put in our hearts uh, an unsatisfying taste of just being around you, just just knowing and being in your word, Lord, would that, would, that, would that create in, would you create in us a desire for more? I just want more, Lord, that we would pursue you. Thank you for doing that in me, Lord. Thank you so much. Lord, on this Memorial Day, we remember you. We remember your great sacrifice. We remember your son that you sent on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. If there's someone here today that has never trusted in your son, Jesus, who gave his life for us, who paid the price for our sin, he had none, and he took all of ours. Lord, your word says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to you except through him. And Lord, if there's someone here today that has never trusted in you as Savior, that today would be the day that they would say, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for loving me that much. And today, I want to trust you with my life. I want to give my life to you. I want to live for you. I've been living for me the whole time. Today, I want to turn my life over to you. Jesus, come and live in me. Take over my heart. Show me what it means to be a child of God. Give me courage to live for him and him alone. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I have more to say about Psalm 63. Maybe we'll have part two next week. Uh, If you've made a decision today, if God's laid something on your heart, if you need prayer, if you'd like someone just to talk to, I'm, I'm hanging around afterwards. Come see me. If you want to write it out on a prayer, tear out section of the bulletin, just come hand it to me. Maybe you don't want to talk, but you want me to know. Please do that. Deal? Deal? Let's not take God's presence for granted. Deal? Deal. Deal. Ben, where are you? Oh, second time I didn't see you today. <laughs> I was, he was going to come up and pray over our offerings. I didn't see him. Uh, take it from there.
Amen. Uh, congratulations, graduates. Beth. Hey, moms and dads. Yes. They made it. <laughs> hey, check out your bulletin, uh, the announcements that are, that are going on there. Hey, men, uh, on the 8th, we're cooking out in my backyard. Uh, I expect to see all of you there. You bring your own piece of meat. You can grill it up however you want to do it. Uh, we're just going to hang out and uh, eat meat. I mean, that's, that's what we're going to do. Uh, also, this coming Saturday is a church work day. Would love for everyone. It's just a two-hour window. We're going to have a list of things uh, for people to take. Say, you come in and you go, I'm taking that one. And when you finish that one, see ya. Thank you for your help. But we got things around the facility that, that need to be touched up and taken care of. And, boy, if we could get uh, all hands on deck, that would be great. That's next Saturday. Love you guys. Have a great week.